This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and, of course, spoilers, and goes into detail about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items they're about to talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, more heroes come to CW's Arrowverse. The original Caped Crusaders return. The massive 2015 comic book events are upon us. Time, space, dimension, and elder gods under review. Plus, free comic book days in the wings. Has there ever been a better time to be a comics nerd? And you can tell the eye zombie because of the single button on her forehead. But she won't eat your brains until you register with iTunes and provide a major credit card. Please read all terms and conditions before continuing. Not valid in all 50 states. Some exceptions apply because the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air when you press continue. Welcome to issue 618 of the Major Spoilers podcast. Thank you for downloading and thank you, everyone, for sharing this podcast with a friend. And oh, thank you, everyone who is uh, everyone who is everyone who are all you all. All y'all. All (laughs) y'all. Who Use are leave, guys leaving, uh, leaving five-star reviews over at iTunes. We really appreciate that. And we really do appreciate everyone who is spreading the good word about Major Spoilers and all the shows that we do and uh, and uh, uh, using the comments section over at Major Spoilers to uh, give us some feedback. It's really enjoyable. I bet people have some thoughts on this bit of news that popped up this past weekend uh-huh. at uh, – I forget what this was. It was on some uh, video show or is that a convention? I forget where it was. Um, but uh, Burt Ward – and Adam West, you know them as Batman and Robin from the 1966 CBS television show. Nice. Uh, they kind of, I don't know if they were supposed to talk about it or could talk about it. Burt Ward seemed very hesitant about talking about it. But Adam West just said, oh, go ahead. Apparently, these two are going to be voicing, voicing their characters in a 90-minute animated movie set to debut in 2016. Cool. There's now there hasn't been any confirmation from DC, although I'll just say this uh, or I should say Warner Brothers next week. The Batman and Robin animated movie arrives. Mm. Uh, that's one of those direct to DC movies. And generally in that one is where they tell you what their next movie is. And so maybe because it was so close to the release date of that movie. And I think they did do a screening Oh, no, I guess they're doing it at WonderCon this weekend of mm. that movie. So I guess the news would be, you know, pretty close to where it would be OK. And there's no point in them like, oh, we're not that we're not going to we're just not going to say anything about it. Because if we deny it, we'll have to take it back in right, right. two weeks. If we if we don't want to let the cat out of the bag too early. So we'll just let these guys yeah, talk yeah. about it on some. Weird well, panel. it got a lot of and, and yeah. it got a lot of uh, press, obviously. But I wonder, uh, are people excited about uh, Burt Ward and Adam West reprising their roles in a uh, Batman 66 animated movie? I am. Totally. I am. Yeah, I think- to an extent, I am, I guess. Providing that, you know, it's done with some really good traditional animation and they don't try to make it a complete throwback to, like, Filmation, uh, Hanna-Barbera, Batman and Robin stuff, then I'd be perfectly okay with it. The Filmation... Uh, Batman, the new adventures of Batman from 72 is actually really good, especially by filmation standards. I wouldn't mind seeing more of that. But yeah, even if it's something that's going to be like flash animated or something, you know, where it's 
the new, what is it, the, the blocky style where everybody's like, ah, that thing. I'd be fine with it. I think this is something that people have a nostalgia for. The fact that the Batman 66 series is selling tells us that people are still interested in this iteration. Well, and there has there has been a lot of interest in Batman 66 in the last, oh, five years. Um, Part of it because you couldn't get any Batman 66 merchandise because the rights were all tied up between CBS and Warner Brothers and was it Viacom? I forget who else. But there were like three or four, three or four different entities that had their fingers in that Batman 66 series and how it was licensed and how it was broadcast and who paid for it and all these kinds of things that the only thing that you could get for the longest time was your Saturday afternoon Batman movie on uh, Channel 41 and you couldn't get anything else. Uh, now that all that's been taken care of, now we're starting to see the Batman action figures appear on the uh, on the store shelves. Uh, we're seeing the uh, just recently the complete uh, Batman uh, series was released on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. They've got a massive uh, model uh, that's available. Like I think it's a not a one six scale, but I think it's a one eighth scale of the uh, Batman uh, Batmobile. Uh, it looks really great. So yeah, there's a lot of merchandise. So you know these guys aren't getting any younger. Uh, so why not strike while the iron's hot? Rodrigo? Uh, I'm interested in it, but I'm concerned about it. Having the original actors tied to it makes it a little bit better. But my concern is that this is going to be kind of like a uh, a Dark Shadows or like the Brady Bunch mm. movie situation where they're or like even like oh, Star- Starsky and Hutch kind of thing. Yeah. Where they're like, hey, look at how stupid we were for liking this. I don't I don't think so. You know, with with everything that Warner Brothers does with these animated movies, I I really seriously doubt they turn it into a giant spoof of of that series. The the only problem I hope that doesn't arise is that everything that Warner Brothers DC has been putting out is pretty serious in tone. Mm-hmm. And this would be a really big departure from their animated stuff mm-hmm. where they're I mean, they're like PG-13 rated. I haven't. Yeah, they are. Like some yeah. violent stuff. Yeah. And so I hope people understand where this movie is coming from if it actually happens uh Mm. and why it's not dark they're not just like trying to spoof on what they're creating right now but it's actually tying back into the batman 60s uh batman stuff from the 60s and really you would think this would be super popular even amongst just people who maybe even haven't seen the original series. Mm-hmm. People are always like, well, why is everything going to be so dark? Why is everyone all brooding right, and right. upset? And why is Jesse Eisenberg all... Well, you know, the uh, the Batman 66 comic series that DC is putting out is not dark and it's not um, ridiculous. It just kind of strikes a, a kind of a nice medium in between of, hey, we're telling a story featuring these characters. Now, and it, it also does more traditional heroic stuff that they couldn't do right. in the show, like right. the leaping and the jumping and the Batman doing heavy athletics, which mm-hmm. you can do in animation. Yep, you can do a whole lot more. And maybe they'll just adapt some of those uh, tales that they've already printed into uh, animated form. That would be OK by me. I doubt we're going to see any of the other cast members from the original 66 uh, series uh, appear in the uh in the uh, animated movie, because most of them are dead. Oh. I think Yvonne Craig is still I th- alive. I, she might be. Yeah, Hopefully she she might be. Still, like, have all their likenesses and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's know. what they did in the, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Gorshin. Um, Frank Gorshin. Frank Gorshin. Yeah, he's dead. But, I mean, Cesar in the, in the book, in the book, they've, uh, they used his likeness. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Meriwether Egg, is dead. Egg, Egghead is dead. King Tut is King dead. Tut Joker is dead. is dead. Penguin is dead. The Riddler is dead. Oh, my gosh. I think. Oh, two of, two is still of the, alive. I think two of the three cat women are dead. Mm. 
Wow. Alfred is dead. Uh, right. Chief so O'Malley is dead. And ago. Harriet is dead. And Harriet is dead. <laughs> so it just goes to prove, wow. ladies and gentlemen, that the good guys always win in the end. <laughs> what? <laughs> they outlived oh. all their villains. Oh, that is so tasty, funny, dark. Oh. Hey, it's it's the truth. It makes my heart I was going to make a giant infographic of, of that up for the uh, website, but thought better of it. So. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So apparently this movie won't uh, arrive until 2016, but uh, my guess is that after WonderCon, we'll find out more about this. And certainly by the time we hit San Diego Comic-Con, it should all but be confirmed. Totally. Speaking of some confirmations, um, this has pretty much been confirmed by the actress herself. Uh, they've got this Arrow Flash spinoff series coming next year to the, to the CW. It's coming from uh, Greg Berlanti Productions or Berlanti Productions. And um, a couple of weeks ago, they had announced like three mysterious characters that uh, that would appear in the show, but they hadn't been given character titles yet. One of the characters that we learned, uh, two characters we learned of, uh, one of them being Hawk Girl and the other one being Rip Hunter, both in the series. Now, uh, for Hawk Girl, it's going to be played by uh, Sierra Renee. I think is how you say her name. Oh, wow, uh, she's cool looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, today it was really funny uh, up on Twitter. Um, Midtown Comics had a picture of her and I guess one of the store owners or managers, whoever, saying, hey, look who stopped in today. And then a little bit later, she t uh, tweeted out with a picture of all this hot girl merchandise that she purchased. Oh. And she's like, yep, I think I'm ready. And uh, so uh, hot girl coming to this uh, this cross uh, crossover series, spin spinoff series. I'm a, I'm all for Hawk Girl. Backdoor pilot, I believe it's called. <laughs> I don't know if it's a backdoor pilot. I I think it's actually it's a, it's an actually I think it's actually been given a no. In fact, I know it's been given a series commitment, but I can't remember if if it's already been given a two season commitment or not. Spinny offiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's not a crossover show. It's a no. It's not this a crossover is a whole, episode. It's a crossover. No, this is a show. whole show this that involves. Thing. Here's here's who we know is already going to be in the show. The Adam, played by Brandon Routh, who's from The Arrow. Uh, Hawk Girl, uh, Sierra Renee. Uh, then Rip Hunter is another one. Time Traveler Rip Hunter being played by, um, uh, what's his name? Darville. Arthur Darville. Arthur Darville. And if Rory. those of you, yes, and that's the uh, crazy trippy part. A guy who was in a time travel movie becomes the time traveler <laughs> in uh, in this Whoa. new series. The then trippy part. An actor has two roles. Yes. <laughs> Uh, then we have uh, Katie Lotz, who played Laurel Lance on the Arrow series, is supposed to be in this series, too. But Laurel Lance is dead in the Arrow series. So they don't know. They don't know what's going on with good. Could be. Could be. Uh, then there is still a yet. There's still a yet unnamed female warrior, mystery hero and Dr. Victor Stein, one half of Firestorm, who are all going to so far be in this hero team. On the villain side, it's a little light on the villain side. Captain Cold and Heatwave are the only two that have been confirmed so far to be the villains in this uh, show. Although I would expect Golden Glider, Matthew, unless something happens to her in the uh, Flash series. She could die horribly. She could. But I mean, if you really want a whole rogues gallery, which has already been um, name dropped in the Flash series, they could bring everybody into that show. And I, I think they should, to be honest. I mean... This is the point where you start throwing things at the wall to see if they stick. And mm -hmm. people who are worried about overkill and superheroes, 
it's a valid worry, but I don't think this is that point. I think we need more. I think un- female un- mystery hero should be Ultra the multi alien. No, no. You know who I think and, mystery hero should be? I think oh. it should be Renee Montoya. The question. Although they can't really use Renee Montoya because she's on Gotham, but uh, the question should be mystery hero. I, I think I, I, I think mystery hero is probably the other half of Firestorm. You think they're recasting? I don't think so. I don't know. That kid was pretty wooden. He's a, he's in a couple more episodes this season. In fact, he's in the season finale. And female warrior should actually be female warrior from Gauntlet. Well, we talked before the last couple of red, like red warrior. Last couple of weeks ago, we had mentioned Fury as possibly the female warrior in that. That would be interesting. Uh, Although, you know, if they were really wanting to do something Wonder Woman related without Wonder Woman, they could do Artemis. There's Big Barda. Have we seen Big Barda in anything? No, haven't seen any new gods. And who knows what's going on with the new gods? Maybe mystery hero could be Mr. Miracle. Well, you know, that yeah, would be Mr. kind Hero of a, Barda. that would be a kind of a neat combination to have those two in there. I'm just you know, surprised. We're, I'm we're just, just throwing I'm, stuff at the wall at this point. I'm just really surprised that they haven't said Firestorm outright and they're just using Dr. Victor Stein. They may be using Victor as Victor. Yeah. And then only having Firestorm come up so that they can give uh, Robbie Amell some acting lessons. There may be. Who knows? Um, any thoughts on this, Mr. Zach? Probably. Oh, no, I uh, not for casting, but I just think the idea of how much these shows are expanding and just. Oh, yeah, I love it. I mean, it's 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 really it really is amazing how Warner Brothers is just creating this very complex universe uh, on television and not Mm -hmm. having to worry about going to the movies to try to do it. Um, And we've said that time and time again, and I think they they figured out some formula. And I certainly think with uh, Berlanti in charge of this, I think it works. And of course, he's also doing Supergirl. Over at or his production company is also doing Supergirl over on CBS. And we know that uh, uh, a number of characters are appearing over there, too. So has that just been picked up for pilot? No, that has also been giving a series commitment. Seriously. Both of these I are series commit crap. commitments at this point Jeez. because people know people think. These oh, yeah. Sell. I mean, it's like you look at Arrow and you look at Flash and you see what they're doing on the ratings. It would be especially, you know, if it was a different production company coming in and doing it, then I could see CBS going, eh, you know, let's do a pilot first mm-hmm. and see how that goes. But with Berlanti Productions in charge and it's the same executive producers that are doing the other two shows, it makes sense that this is probably going to be good. Mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and green light the whole the whole series. Same way with this spinoff series. Um, what was I going to say? Eh, forgot. Um, what other television shows would you like to see? We know that there's a Teen Titans series over at TBS. I think a legion of superheroes would be interesting, but I just think that that may be too complex uh, with future and cast of millions and all that kind of stuff. I don't know about um, complex. I think it'd be too expensive. Well, I, I mean, complex from that and special effects and all that stuff um, yeah. really gets into some stuff that networks probably don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, Justice oh. League Detroit would be great. You know, it wouldn't surprise me. And we don't know where these guys are going to be located. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there is a Martian Manhunter of some type that pops up into this. Mm. Um, Because how many they got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've got seven right there. That's all you need. That's all you need for a Justice League, right? No, Justice League minimum of five you can get away with. Oh, I thought it was always seven. No, not always. So uh, modern conceit. (laughs) So just, you know, just as kind of comparison, um, the Walking Dead, the spinoff series for that, mm-hmm. has already been given a two-season commitment yeah. from AMC just based on 
the fact that The Walking Dead is a really popular series yeah. right now. Uh, I mean, even their talk show after it still gets seven yeah, the, million. The years. Talking Talking Dead, yeah. yeah. Uh, the name of that show, that, Fear that the show Walking Dead. Dead. Fear of the Walking Dead. Fear Fear the Walking Dead. Los, Los Angeles, yeah. yeah. During the time while Rick is uh, unconscious at the hospital. That's actually kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a different, you know, because, you know, I haven't been reading The Walking Dead in a long time, but the one bit where, you know, the computer nerd guy and they were coming from California trying to get to the the place in Washington or Virginia that supposedly had the cure that they knew about. I found that kind of little arc right there very interesting because we got to see the world outside of what was going on in Rick and everyone's immediate um, area in Georgia. And I really kind of like that. So it makes sense that The Walking Dead, uh, Fear of the Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead should be uh, something that a lot of people would tune into. Mm -hmm. Have you guys been watching Walking Dead at all? Um, My wife watches it. I know that that plot line that you're referring to was in The Walking Dead. Oh, was it in the TV show? Mm-hmm. And oh, cool. it and ended similarly. Interesting. Okay. Which is to say, bad. Everybody oh, died. <laughs> Rodrigo, what about you? Are you watching The Walking Dead? No, I watched the pilot uh, thing, and then I did not, and then I stopped. Yeah, I watched the first two or three episodes, and then I took a big break, and then I kind of rushed my way through the rest of the first season just so I could see how it ended. And then I was like, I really don't need to come back to this. Mm. I watched all of the first season and I really liked the first season. And then the second season was super, super duper boring. Mm. And I never went back, which everyone says was a mistake because they said it really got a lot better, like a couple episodes into season three. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. And they said it's actually... Pretty well, oh, and that now. was because, um, what's his name? Darabont walked off, right? Oh, yeah. They, the show's runner changed or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Season two was the season where they were all just sitting on, on the farm. Yep. It was unbelievably boring. Couldn't take it. Well, good luck to The Walking yeah, Dead and AMC. Yeah, but people love it. Obviously, it's like it breaks all of its own records every week, it seems like. So then I wonder if... Oh, what does uh, it listen to? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine. There you go. Smashing pumpkins. Um, yeah, cranberries. Um, all right. So I think that wraps it up for news. You can head over to. Oh, I know. Free Comic Book Day is coming. Oh, what the heck? Free the Comic new phone Book Day. Books are here. <laughs> oh man, I love Free Comic Book Day. It's coming up first Saturday in May, May second. Check your your local comic book store. Right Most after, of them will be participating. Right after Avengers comes out. Right after Avengers comes out. Same weekend, huh? Wonder, <laughs> wonder how Marvel planned that. Um, and you're going to be able to get a lot of free comic books. So don't forget to go check your local store. See what their stipulations are. Some are just like, take all you want. Uh, others are, you have to buy a certain amount, and then you get a free comic book based on how much you buy. Um, and then others still charge like, I remember one year, our Hastings charged like, three cents per copy or something like that. It was really stupid. Remember, uh, free comic book day is not free for the retailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it so would be nice to pick up a little something. Yeah, go in ready. and pick a, up a couple of trade paperbacks or some uh, merchandise, other uh, merchandise that they have out there, some T-shirts or toys or something mm -hmm. like that, and uh, help out your local retailer. So that's coming. Uh, we've only got, what, four weeks until that happens. And then we okay. kick off our uh, Zach on Film Summer Movie Special. With Avengers and all that other stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff. Ooh, out. cannot wait. Cannot wait. You know what else I can't wait for? 
What? To get a new pair of tweaked audio headphones. Whoa. I love tweaked audio headphones. I've been keeping a pair in the car. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm uh, so that when I go to my son's soccer practice, I can just pop in the earbuds, watch him play, yeah. listen to This American Life or whatever that Dad, I'm listening to. Dad, look at me. Dad, look at me. Oh, yeah. He got uh, he got kicked right in the uh, right in the oh, groin today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> with a giant boy. soccer ball. So he doubled over, but he popped back up. So oh, that's great. There you go. Yeah, and uh, it only took about 10 minutes of This American Life before someone noticed. So, yeah. No, I, I always <laughs> pay attention to what he's doing. So but. Since I'm starting to get back on the bike now that the weather's getting warmer, yeah. then uh, that means I need another pair of tweaked audio headphones. So I'm not always having to run back and forth to the car and f- figuring out where these are. And the best thing is these are great quality, a lot of different styles, a lot of different colors. Uh, I'm going to get the one with the microphone built in so that when I slip on some loose gravel and uh, lying in a ditch somewhere, I can call for help. Great idea. Yeah. I've fallen and I can't get up. These things are engineered for durability. They have great noise reduction design. And best of all, they're not expensive because when you go over to tweakedaudio.com and you use the checkout code MAJOR, you get 33% off the price. You cannot beat that. You cannot beat that. And we thank Tweaked Audio uh, for their support of the Major Spoilers podcast. You know the best part of them? What's that? They're Mr. Dots Proof. So when the little menace comes over to try and chew on cables, he can't chew through my awesome tweaked audio headphones. There you go. All right, let us get to some reviews. So uh, coming out this week, I forget who this is by. I think this is Boom Studios. Yes, Boom Studios. UFOlogy number one. Ufology <laughs> number one. Yeah, you have to say it carefully. Ufology. Uh, yes. Urology. No. Ufology. Uh, this is James Tinney in the fourth and Noah J. Uh, Yanks. 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 I, I'm sorry. And art by Matthew Fox. So this is this is a really interesting tale. It uh, takes place in this little sleepy town in Wisconsin. Mm. And something happened there a long time ago. And we're introduced to these two kids, boy and a girl, Malcolm and uh, Becky, I think is what her name is. And they have both been affected in some way by this incident that happened. And we're kind of left knowing that maybe Malcolm's mother was abducted by aliens, but we don't know for sure. Uh, Becky's uh, father is the police chief of in town and Malcolm's dad runs a uh, not really a pirate radio station, but it's a local radio station called F R E A K radio. And it's all basically, you know, coast to coast with art bell kind of stuff, Mm. always about UFOs and all these kinds of things. And so we get to know that these two kids lives are not the greatest in the world. Uh, based on their situations and and kind of where they're at with their social status uh, among friends or lack of friends. And it's just a real nice slow burn into who all these characters are until one night Becky decides to go on a get together with another guy who's been asking her out since page one. And uh, something weird happens at an abandoned house and it may or may not be related to UFOs. Mm-hmm. By the end of the issue, though, Oh, man, this is this is 15 years all over again is what some mysterious face says or 12 years ago. And then something is activated and then it's the end of the issue. It's it's really interesting. I, the art is really nice for Matthew Fox. I liked it a lot. And I was just expecting this to be some wild, crazy, you know, UFOs are real. And they, you know, spend an issue browbeating another reader over the or another character in the book over the head with how they're real and and all this stuff until something shows up. And that's. Not really what happens here because it's more of an accepted fact, kind of like in Russell Rodrigo with the uh, 
with the UFO thing over there. People just mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of accept it and kind of know about it. And there's a big giant statue and all these kinds of things. Um, and they just go about their lives until one day. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of that kind of a, of a situation. I really enjoyed this book a lot. Uh, I will be on board for all six issues. I'm giving this four slices of meatloaf out of five. If I was going to say one bad thing is it would have been nicer to get a little bit more backstory of the characters, uh, especially the two kids. But I think there's enough exposition throughout the book that you get a pretty good grasp of what these kids uh, deal is uh, by the time you hit the end of the last page. So uh, good job. I like this a, a lot. UFO, U, ufology number one <laughs> out this week from Boom Studios. Uh, Matthew, what do you have this week? I have a comic from Image Comics that came out uh, last week on Wednesday. Uh, the Wicked plus The Divine and or The Wicked and The Divine and or The Wicked and Divine, because it's really hard to find this book is what I'm saying. Uh, number nine from Image Comics, uh, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. This is a book that I accidentally picked up issue one, and I've totally been hooked ever since. Basically, the premise goes every 90 years, 12 gods return to Earth as young people and weird things happen and terrible things happen. And then two years later, they all die. And it does that thing that McKelvey and uh, and Gillen do so well, where we talk about young people and the music and the hipness and the pop culture and all of the poseriness and the search for identity. This issue is interesting because we finally meet the 12th God. And I'm not going to spoil it for you because it is kind of cool. But, (coughs) excuse me, I had to use my cough switch there for a moment. But this particular issue really focuses on Ananke, who is a character who's been all over the book, but we haven't really found out anything about her. And it's basically in the form of an interview. And Karen Gillan is very proud that he got to use the phrase interview with an umpire in the solicit. So that right there got him one star. Gratuitous pun. We're good to go. Um, This is really, really a good book. So long as you have a tolerance for young people searching for their identity and the tiny bits of hipstery poserness that come with that, art-wise, it is utterly gorgeous this is a beautiful book from top to bottom and when they finally do show us the 12th god it is a full page reveal that is utterly beautiful i i wanted to frame this that's how nice it is this is a really really cool issue and it's one that i think is the book has kind of been building to i'm not sure i i know he said something about how many issues will be in the title and how many issues he's he's built into it but this is kind of like the end of the beginning and the beginning of the end. And it's a terrible cliche. And I'm, I'm really sorry I said that. I, I feel bad. But it's a really great read. Four slices of meatloaf for the wicked and divine number nine. I want to tell you more, but I don't want to spoil it for you so that when you read it, you will go, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. Matthew was totally right. So I'm trying to sell it to you without overselling it, if that makes any sense. No, no, that's cool. And it's out last week. From Image it's Comics. Last week should be available on the stands and or your comicsology type places as well. All right. Cool, man. Rodrigo, what do you got for us this week? Uh, I have Jungle Girl season three, number one. Oh, Frank Cho. Yeah, Frank Cho. Um, or so you would expect. What? Not Frank Cho? Right. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, there's uh, basically uh, 
two reasons why you might uh, pick up uh, Jungle Girl. One is because you are presumably legitimately interested in the adventures of a young woman in a super secret jungle full of cool dinosaurs. And the other one is to see Frank Cho draw a really attractive person in a bikini. Um, and you could be into both. Now, however, uh, neither one of these things really happen here as it is the cover is by Frank Cho. Um, and the plot is by Cho, which I guess it's close enough. Uh, but the script uh, is by Doug Murray and the art is by Jack Jadson. Okay. Um, so it's not Frank Cho art. It's different. Boo. I mean, it's fine. Well, I mean, which is, uh, that's a reasonable uh, response, I think. I mean, maybe, okay, maybe reason, not quite reasonable, but uh, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> it's just not Frank Cho's art, which, yeah. you know, well, if you're a fan of it, th- that's it's actually pretty disappointing. And especially this is what you say, issue one? This is issue one of the new of season, the new season. So you of the new Im- volume. So you would imagine that it's going to be Frank Cho all over the place. Right. So again, the cover is Frank Cho, so it gets you as far as that. <laughs> okay. Um, so here's the other thing. Um, Jungle Girl now, uh, you, you wouldn't know it from the cover, but we'll get into that in a second. Now sports kind of a uh, Baroness-like full like black jumpsuit. Uh, okay. Which, which is a very different look from what you expect from the character, which, again, not necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. on its own, but it's very different, right? It's not just like, oh, I know, we'll give her, like, a tiger skin poncho or something like that, right? It's like, this looks like, a you know, in comic book terms, this is a completely different character. That's how you tell comic book characters. Right, apart. exactly. Um so that's interesting, too, which, you know, I was going to bring up is like, well, she's wearing a different costume in the issue. But uh, there's a long and proud history of that. You know, Witchblade had been wearing full armor for a decade and her cover still had her wearing a little tiny like bone um, right. mush bikini. Right. Uh, same thing with Vampirella's new pants costume and mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. So, you know, you see that a lot. Uh, so this is the kickoff to a new story. Um previously on jungle girl she upset an island god and now it's mad at her um also that tribe over there is invading which is really basically what happens in this issue is oh no dinosaur attack and then oh no that other tribe that is not our friends is invading um so not a terribly lot of stuff this this issue spends a lot of time recapping the previous events which is good it's kind of what you want out of a first issue of a new volume assuming the new volume is not like your uh kind of dc or marvel uh new volumes where they're like forget anything that has ever happened please yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, in this one they actually want you to remember what's been happening um like i said the art is okay it's not great uh jungle girl's dad Jana's dad uh is doesn't look significantly older than her um, and I was like trying to figure out, cause I haven't been following everything. You know, I pick up jungle girl every once in a while, but I was mm-hmm. like, is this because he found some youth thing, which makes sense in a lost world kind of situation? Or is this just that the artist draws everybody like they're 25 
Um, and that might be the case. Uh, so I don't know. I wasn't like, again, I was like, oh, I know exactly what I'm getting out of this. And other than a dinosaur attack, I kind of didn't get anything of what I expected out of this. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Um, so that's not necessarily bad. There's nothing wrong with it. I just kind of like, uh, I will say that, um, uh, but, uh, Jack Jadson does draw pretty good dinosaurs. And there are some like random weird feather dinosaurs in here, so that's cool too. Cool. Is it still uh, mostly like a uh, raptor attacks? Is that what basically it is still? It's it's like oh she fights off like a stampede. Mm. Like basically the the island god monster like causes volcanic upheaval and then there's a stampede that heads in their direction, so they have to like kind of fight it off and then other stuff happens. Oh, and then aliens show up. <laughs> All right. Well, this sounds a little interesting. Uh, you know, and it's like a lot of stuff is constantly happening, which is you know, what you want out of a, an action comic. I'm going to give it three slices of meatloaf. There's like um, it's action, 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 like you'd hope. And it's, um, you know, a continuation of mm-hmm. what you've been reading. Have you been reading Jungle Girl? Uh, but, you know, other than that, it's Again, I was like expecting one thing, got something else, but what I got wasn't necessarily bad. Cool. Thank you so much, Rodrigo. Uh, that leaves us with Mr. Zach. Yes. Hey, Mr. Me. Zach. Hello. What do you Mr. got for Steven. us? I am back with the indie Black Mask publisher again this oh, week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I am looking at Space Riders number one. Run, 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 run. This is a book set in space with space, people who space. command ships. Uh, again, I, I, this is a very small publisher. I knew nothing about the book going into it, but I saw the cover art mm-hmm. in about two preview pages and thought, well, this looks trippy. Let's read it. Yeah, yeah. And let me tell you, this book is trippy, and you might want to read it. Uh, a lot of this, what visuals reminded me of, like design wise. Now, I haven't watched this film, but I've seen a, watched the trailer a couple times for it for Jodorowsky's Dune. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, you yeah. see like some of his like their sketch art for like ships and just people in general and stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what I saw in there reminded me of what is in Space Riders. Mm-hmm. But then you have to throw in just this crazy vibrant color palette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's kind of like uh, what are those old comics that were all hoary and. Um, scary and EC comics. Yeah, yeah. Kind of reminds me of some random stuff I've seen of that. That is just like super dark, but like weird. Yeah, I don't know. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Is, am I right? No, no. Look, I'm looking at it right here. It, it. it reminds me a little bit of that, but it reminds me of a really like super indie, you know, grindhouse kind yeah. of comic from you know like 1985 or something. Yeah, if. The line styles and lettering, if anyone's seen Broad City on Comedy Central, their little four or five second opening title cards in the shows, the animation style kind of reminds me mm-hmm. of visually what's in here. Uh, but then you got to throw in just like violence. And then also like talking leopards and a talking baboon and uh, some other like a robot and a guy with an eye patch. And then... A spaceship that is a skull. It is just bonkers crazy. Uh, rarely, <laughs> a lot of it is you just kind of 
you just kind of just let them take you where they're going. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, well, why is any of this happening? Like, what? Why is this guy? Why did he get in trouble? And he's being interrogated by a robot, and now he's being kicked out. And we jump a year forward, and he's back in it. But he has to do all these tests. But he's a baboon pilot now, and he has to. It's crazy. And I don't know for sure why any of it's happening, but I kind of just like that it's happening. It is nuts. So, story-wise, it's decent. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the strongest opening issue, uh, story-wise. But then you take in all the rest of the factors like you kind of have to do, since that's the whole point of a comic. It's like not just the story and <laughs> art and stuff <laughs> yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah. And it is a trip that it, I think is worth grabbing. <laughs> um, it is, I mean... It's like Star Wars to a point of just space battles and crazy, like, oh, I'm a really tough guy and I shoot things. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have this crazy animal sidekick who is going to probably rip someone's throat out at some point. I mean, the, the main character starts out this issue with like his eye getting stabbed mm-hmm. with a piece of wood mm-hmm. or some sort of but metal or something. Yeah, from metal. The yeah. And then he gets this crazy bionic tube thing coming out of his face it is just bonkers like i don't it's crazy matthew what's that uh what's that series from like the what is it 1920s or 30s about that uh crazy space guy with the flying uh heads and everything do you remember that it's like super trippy space guy with flying heads yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh, super stardust yes that's probably what it is stardust the super wizard that's from the early 1940s okay it's crazy wacky it uh the art reminds me of that quite a bit mm, okay uh yep stardust the super wizard that's I mean, exactly if someone it. can but cranked up about 15 more notches yeah. onto the uh um the guy that did the uh oh the 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 rat race car driver art rat race car driver rat fink rat fink yeah yeah oh yeah uh that yeah that guy yeah so cross rat fink's artist ed roth with um with Stardust the Space Wizard and I think Fletcher that's Hanks. what you're that's what you're looking at. Yeah, Fletcher Hanks. That's what you're looking at with this story. Just from my okay. real quick cursory overview of this. And if you're like me and what Steven just described makes no sense, I suggest Googling space writers and I think you'll probably find some yeah, teaser yeah. art. Yeah, we've got it over at this website. <laughs> on the, on the web, sure. You'll find it on the you website. Also Google Ratfink and I, yeah, you could and kind of get a sense of what I'm talking about here. Now the now, the thing that uh, I wanted to talk briefly about, and okay. that concerned me just for a point. So, this space uh, agent guy, he has a ship, and it is called uh, the Santa Muerte. And uh, he refers to it a couple of times, so I got done reading, and I was like, this seems like a real thing. Let me Google it. And I found it is um, like this figure of death in Mexico. Uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I'm entirely describing that right, but from my perusing of Wikipedia on uh, this page, it seems like more of a peaceful uh, thing. I think I'm on the right track. Not yeah. not super like evil yeah, violent, and violent and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, uh, La Santa Muerte is something that you like. You pray to, right? And it's not bad it's good and like everyone has like right. this nice view of her and it's like this weird battle of the catholic church according to wikipedia and crazy yes. cool stuff like that um so that seems odd that they would pick that name 
it to do with this guy who's like going around and shooting people up in this really cool skull ship. Um, so that was just concerning because I would hate for people to get a wrong idea of this thing that actually sounds pretty cool. Um, but you know, that was just a weird thing to me after I did some Googling. Um, yeah, that happens. You know, they're like, oh, here's this concept that sounds cool. And then mm-hmm. they just use it in whatever way they were going name. to anyway. Yeah. Uh, which is unfortunate, which, you know, I get like, I go said, I guess that thing, same things that happen. Um, but yeah. So how many, uh, uh, I'm going to give this three slices of meatloaf. Excellent. And I, <laughs> if whenever the next issue comes out, I, totally gonna read it okay it's just nuts all right cool all right listeners you can head over to majorspoilers.com and check out all all of the reviews that we have out there and we do have quite a few out there at least one a day right now it seems like so uh there you go yeah yeah it's all over at majorspoilers.com lots of good things over at majorspoilers.com and even better things over at members.majorspoilers.com what is members.majorspoilers.com, you ask? Uh, well, if you've been listening to the show any length of time, you know that we have a special VIP program to uh, to help cover our costs, to pay our writers, to pay our podcast hosts, um, to cover server costs, all these kinds of things that we need to do to keep the lights on. And uh, we really appreciate everyone who's become a Major Spoilers VIP. And if you like our shows, if you like the Major Spoilers podcast, if you like Zach on Film, if you like Dueling Reviews, if you like any of those shows – uh, please go to members.majorspoilers.com and click on the uh, membership subscribe button. Subscription helps way more than you uh, may know. And um, you get access to some premium content as well. Some premium art, some premium uh, behind the scenes looks at some of the shows that we do. And uh, access to exclusive podcasts like Flashback that Matthew and I do every week during the uh, season of The Flash. So you can go find that over at members.majorspoilers.com. If you already are a Major Spoilers VIP, Thank you so much. Uh, uh, some of the people we're asking today about uh, stretch goals. You can find out more about some of the goals that we're trying to hit our 1500 uh, member goal by the end of uh, June. We're trying to hit uh, 3000 members to do a new uh, gaming podcast and 6000 members to get our new audio podcast off the ground and to hire some of these guys so that we can have even more content in your laps each and every day over at Majorspoilers.com. Let us get to the Major Spoilers poll of the week while we are talking about everything going on over at the Major Spoilers website. This week technically kicks off the Convergence event. Convergence number zero hits, which I'm guessing, Matthew, is going to be kind of a here's what you need to know. No, Matthew. What's with the audio this week? It could be that. Okay. Or it could be Matthew, much like Rodrigo, unable to find. I think Skype did an update. And it's no longer always on top. Uh, either way, yes, convergence number zero could be that, or it could be one of those things where it's exclusive content that you only get when you read number zero. But because it's exclusive content, it doesn't really have any input at all. Yeah, probably. That's probably one of the things. The other thing that comes out in May is Marvel's Secret Wars, two major events that have very similar sounding premises. <laughs> Secret Wars. Secret Wars coming back again after, what, 30 years. 30, almost exactly 30 years. It would yep. have been 84, the original sequel. So there I remember you go. it well. Uh, yes. So it's the question that I have this week is, what comic event series are you most looking forward to? DC Comics Convergence or Marvel's new Secret Wars? All new, all different Secret Wars. 
Matthew? This is a difficult one for me because I'm not particularly thrilled about either, mostly because it's going to mean lots and lots and lots of things to follow in new comics. Yeah, yeah. Like 60 titles a month. But I'm leaning towards Convergence, and the reason why uh, is I'm old, and (laughs) they're promising me like retro stuff with Kara Zor-El and the headband, retro Legion superheroes, Batman and the Outsiders that I'm looking forward to. You know, I'm, I'm hoping to see characters in the incarnations that I used to like. And so I can go, oh, I remember that. And you can play a big game of, hey, it's that guy. Yeah. And then they'll transition us soft into this new uh, three kind of reset thing or mm-hmm. paradigm. So I said convergence. And also Secret Wars is exhausting. You think? I've only, I've only, I've only read the promotional material and I'm already just, oh, my God. There's nine worlds, see, and each one of them has a different guy. Somebody's over here, and She-Hulk's over here, but she's got 17 people, and some of those people are also over here, and then there's this wall, and nobody knows what the wall is about. Oh, it just seems like a lot of information to try and keep track of, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little overwhelmed by the Secret Wars uh, pre-material. Well, you know, we have been getting a lot of exclusive uh, stuff from DC Comics over the last couple of weeks that is looking at Convergence, and it looks like in some of these books at least – uh, like the upcoming Convergence Swamp Thing number one, which we which was an exclusive over at Major Spoilers, and the upcoming World's Finest comics, which went up today or Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this, or you know uh, May, March thirty uh, first. Hello, future people. Uh, mm-hmm. Inside the pages, you are getting a real quick history of the character or the group, and it really kind of touches on a lot of the major plot points from the history of those characters. So um, it's kind of like I kind of feel like part of the Convergence issues are going to be like the old who's who of the DC universe um, oh, magazines. Those. those are great. I love those a lot. And so I'm looking forward to that. In fact, who knows? Maybe some of these may even be reprints from some of those. Um, but uh, I, I'm actually in the same boat with Matthew. I'm really kind of looking forward to seeing what convergence has to offer. Um, even though, you know, I'll probably dip into the secret wars here and there. Uh, convergence is the one for me. Rodrigo, what about you? Uh, it is difficult because I'm not interested in either. Yeah. So I think for me, it's probably going to be Secret Wars. Is there a reason why? Yeah, because uh, it, it seems that um, DC, like if if they get a number of reboots, DC now is using up both Marvel and Images reboots. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so Marvel, you know, it's not like they don't reset things, but they've been pretty, you know, small or or at least discreet about it. So you know, they they do. A, uh, a big event every summer, at least, and they mm-hmm. do a big thing, and it's, it's annoying and, yeah. and everything. Yeah, Marvel does a big but, event in the summer and in the fall uh, and in the winter and the spring. But, and But I'm willing to give them a big reboot. Um, yeah. it, again, I don't like it. I hate that it's called Secret Wars. Yeah. Um, because that's what the 
another one was called. Well, and, and no. the weirdest thing, too, that's going to confuse a lot of older readers is the fact that we've got years of future past and we've got um, rate. I uh, forget. There's a there's an Age of Ultron book in there somewhere. And yeah. um, I think there's an Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. Book Age too. of Apocalypse book. Yeah. They've just bringing a bunch of those in there that I think so could confuse a lot of people. But yeah. So, you know, I mean, and, and DC did the same thing where it was like, you know, for a long time you had crisis and mm-hmm. when people said crisis and men crisis on infinite earths. Right. But then they came out with infinite crisis and some other final crisis, crisis. Yep, final, final crisis. crisis. And, and actually for that matter, identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, so now when you no now you can't say just crisis, right? Um, and it's the same thing with this, is that not only can you not say Secret Wars, like, uh, actually, on top of that, Marvel yeah, also yeah. had another event, I think, just called Secret War, like, yeah, maybe had... five years ago. Yep, yep. yep. Something like that, maybe yeah. more. Mm, maybe closer to 10. I think it was yeah, yeah. 2006. Yeah, so a while ago, Marvel was just like, oh, we're going to do this thing that's going to harken back to Secret War. And then, you know, 10 years later, here they are again. Oh, we're going to do this thing that harkens back to Secret War. Um, so it's super annoying. Mostly, I'm just mostly annoyed. If it was like, what comic series makes you the most angry? It would also be this one. <laughs> um, but it also makes me the least bored. Yeah. Uh, Ray says, I've always been more of a DC fan than a Marvel, with the exception of maybe three or four titles on either side. To be honest, uh, both of these events seem pretty much the same idea with different characters and window dressing. Uh, Alicia says, not particularly looking forward to either, but I have a passing interest in both. Rob says, I probably have equal amounts of excitement and trepidation for both events. Uh, Zach, what about you? Uh, kind of like Rodrigo, I'll pretty much just use the same answer. I'm not super interested in either one. I even really haven't followed the promotion because I know uh, that I'll never be able to keep up with everything. And um, But I will go with Marvel based on some of the stuff coming out of secret wars i am interested in mainly that was the new avengers book with uh miles morales mm-hmm. and uh miss marvel, marvel and, and like, uh vision, vision nova iron man uh sam falcon captain america yeah yeah that's pretty much what i'm interested in and i guess that's coming out of secret <laughs> wars so then i will have to choose secret wars yeah that's actually the free comic book day um that all new all different captain avengers. Really? sam falcon yeah yeah yeah. Oh, American. look at that. American. Pick yep. it up. Yeah, definitely pick it up. I, that's one that I am. That is what I'm looking forward to picking up on free comic book day is that mm-hmm. is that one book. Yeah. Um, Ashley, Victoria and Robinson and I talked a little bit about that last Friday on Finally Friday, which is a live show. That you guys can check out on the Major Spoilers website, on YouTube and on Alpha Geek Radio with that. We stream live. It's a call in show. Uh, everyone's welcome to call in and share their topics and ideas and thoughts about anything that happened during the week. It takes place 3.30 p.m. Central Time. That's 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific, 3.30 p.m. Central Time. <laughs> It's finally Friday. In it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. We've got uh, we've got people calling over from uh, Germany and mm-hmm. Sw- Sweden, and it's great to hear people from all over the world calling in. So these, some of these guys are staying up until 10 o'clock at night to call in and participate. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. It's finally Friday. One more thing I want to remind you of as we get into <coughs> our discussion this week of iZombie from uh, Chris Roberson and Mike Allred. You can go pick up the first trade for this book by using the Amazon link over at Majorspoilers.com. Every time you click on that Amazon link at Majorspoilers.com and make your purchase, you're going to pay the same amount. A little bit comes back our way. And just like our VIP members, 
a little bit helps us keep the lights on. And I know some people are just set this as their default for going to Amazon. I know some people are buying all their company's uh, products through that Amazon link. And we really, really, really appreciate it. Someone bought $600 worth of um, of uh, building supplies nice. through this <laughs> and, and sent me an email saying, hey, just wanted to let you know I'm remodeling the house. Uh, drop $600 of uh, product uh, through your Amazon link. So mm-hmm. thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Now, unfortunately, for those of you who are in Germany and Sweden and Australia, that Amazon link doesn't work for you because Amazon has changed their terms and conditions a few years ago, and we are no longer able to uh, service our fine friends overseas. Boo. Boo. Oh, speaking of boo, Jesus. how about a ghost, a zombie, oh. and a oh. were-terrier? A ghost, a zombie, and a were-terrier walk into a diner. I, Zombie, Dead to the World, Volume 1, from Chris Roberson and Mike Allred. This is a Vertigo title. And uh, we're taking a look at this because uh, the, while we are speaking, while we're recording this episode, episode two of iZombie is currently airing on the CW. And I got to tell you, uh, the two are nothing alike. Really? Right off the top, I will tell you this. I, I talked a little bit about iZombie last week mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how much I enjoyed the show. But these two things are about as as different as night and day. As different as powers and powers. Um, no, the powers are the same. So they are close. Uh, Gwen, Gwen Dillon, mm-hmm. Gwendolyn. <laughs> I didn't think. I didn't think. I didn't think powers Zach and powers were close. That Steven didn't get. No, no, no. Yes. Oh, because I, I was. I'm into this. Uh, things that are similar and things that are different. No powers. Ah, oh, man, Zach. You know how you were looking at this really cool special effect thing that I was working on. Yes. The power show. There was a takeoff sequence by Retro Girl in episode five. That was horrid. <laughs> she just stands there, raises her arms up, and then it's like you can see them take the scissors and cut around her and then just lift her up out of the frame. Do, yes. do, 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 do. Awesome. It was awful. And then she says, I must go home to my own world. <laughs> it was Urban really great. Bad. If she like if you saw her like hunched down as if to jump and then she turned into a cartoon and flew yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was almost that bad because she's wearing just this one piece um, spandex suit or leather suit or whatever. So it's all red. So from the backside, all you see is the back of some red body and you don't, can't even tell. And you just see these arms go straight up like an action figure that don't doesn't have uh, uh, elbow joints. And it just is like, boom. <laughs> And then the fight between Powers and Wolf is even special effects by me. Well, at some of the some of the special effects, it's like Sony, come on, step up and show people why they should be spending their seventy five bucks or whatever a year for their PlayStation Network to get this Power Show. Ooh, it. Uh, we'll see what happens with Episode Six this week. Anyway, back to iZombie. Gwen Dillon has the same powers in the comic book that she does in the show. She has to eat a brain at least once a month. In order to not go all ghoulish and uh, in the process, she picks up the memories of the person's brain she ate. And uh, in the TV show, she tries to solve their murder. And in this first volume, she tries to solve their murder. Matthew. That's true. Um, This is actually very vertigo to me because I haven't seen the show necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. But this is kind of a, a meandering story. She she eats a brain, I mm-hmm. think, at the end of the, the first issue. Yep. And then she starts having her thing, and we spent about half an issue with her impressions and her things, trying to figure out what got this poor man killed. Mm-hmm. Oh, this and poor innocent man. This poor innocent man. I think his name is John. Um, I do really enjoy the uh, bits and pieces where he influences her, though. Mm-hmm. 
because as she's doing this, she accidentally bumps into people. She talks to his wife. Yeah. And there's there's these moments where she's trying to keep a straight face and the voice in her head is like, tell them, tell them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really cool. But yeah, she's attempting to figure out the murder and it turns out that the murder may actually be even more murderous than we thought, but also less murdery. Because the guy who did it, who, by the way, shows up in the very first page of the book, may have not done it for the reasons we think. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think of this whole uh, uh, this Egyptian mummy guy, Rodrigo, and, and his his role in this story so far? Uh, it's interesting. Like he he serves, if nothing else, a good kind of like this is how magic at least yeah. He's a great so magic works. works. Yeah. Yeah. So he also, world. so he also has, to, well, yeah, that is great because he does serve as that. What's that, um, type of character called the mentor. guide mentor. Yeah. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan character. where, yeah, where he, it basically explains why there's vampires and werewolves and all these other kind of things. But also at the same time, he, um, he also has to kill in order to survive, but his deal is he doesn't want to just kill any old person. He wants to kill people that are really asking for it. He kills killers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the end of the end of the volume, we find out that that's exactly what happened with this uh, guy whose uh, brain Gwynate is that he had had some accident and tweaked his his uh, brain and he was not acting himself. And he started. Uh, I don't know. He killed a girl was yep. uh, verbally abusive to his family and who knows what else. Strangled and, uh, a girl to death. And yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think of this, Zach? I thought Matthew's description as a wandering kind of set of a story, or meandering, I believe is the word you used, uh, is is pretty accurate, but is not, in my mind, slow or boring, or uh, you know doesn't keep your attention while you're reading it. I enjoyed. Especially Mr. Uh, Mummy Man's whole huge long explanation of yeah, Undersoul yeah. and Oversoul yeah, and yeah. The, going through the explanation of yeah, yeah. just the world he lives in. I thought that was all really, it was like all really great. I mean, uh, some books probably would have released a double like sixty page issue and crammed this entire volume <laughs> into one, yeah. uh, one giant thing. But I really enjoyed it like this. I thought you got to develop a lot of different characters that. Uh, we see. I mean, he, she has a, a lot of friends. Then mm-hmm. we get their ghosts and wear terriers and yeah, video yeah. game people. Uh, so you get to explore this entire world mm-hmm. while not being thrown into it like a rocket. You don't have to fight. Then like a huge like a battle sequence or anything crazy like yeah, that. Yeah. It just kind of unfolds for you and like leading this path of whatever is going to come. But you have this huge nice world to do it in. I I kind of like that too. It. At times, it felt very much Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but from the other side of the of the uh, crypt, I guess. Um, yeah. And at other times, it's it, weirdly it, mundane for a story with so much magic and weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I I liked it too. I mean, I I kind of got a kick. There out aren't of it. any like super super. No, but there are some super villains. Well, am I like super delayed? Yeah, yeah, you are a little bit. You want to call back just okay, real quick? Sorry, let's try that. All right. He should just be able to get right back in. Um, Rodrigo, you want to talk about the supervillains really quick? No, I don't know what you're referring to. Oh, the hunters. The people. Oh, there's all the villains? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that who we're referring to as the villains? Oh, Matthew, hold on. 
Oh, when you say supervillains, do you refer to the hunter guys? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm referring to. Oh, well, I didn't think I didn't really see them as supervillains because they killed the evil vampire lady who yeah, was I trying would... to. Eat that person. Well, I'm, I'm using them as this. I thought you meant the vampires. Yeah, yeah, I'm using them as more of the the biggest foil in Gwen's life because mm, okay. whether it is going to be uh, vampires who are coming after her or other zombies or whatever that's going on, at some point she's in love with essentially her enemy, that group that is tasked with coming out and eradicating her from the planet. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. so that's why I classified them as the. Uh, as the villains. Granted, they probably don't uh, fall under the category of supervillain, uh, but that is how. Yeah, the villain, in kind of in quotes in my mind, aspect of this book is interesting because Mr. Mummy Man sets up the two mm-hmm. uh, vampire slayer people mm-hmm. uh, as the evil of the book. Right. While there's this like hungry pack of Vam, uh, vampresses, uh, roaming around in the forest trying to suck just enough blood. Well, out see, of someone, that's what I'm saying. They but, don't want to. Yeah. They want to just continue to exist and live like Gwen does, right? She just wants to eat the brains, and she's trying to do it on right. people that have dead. The vampires, they they don't want to kill anybody and draw attention to themselves, but they'll suck on some blood enough so that they can survive. So that's right. not like, except for the one who's gone. And uh, decided that she just wants it all and is killing people left and right. But then you still have Mr. Mummy Man, who has killed about the same amount of people as anyone else in the book Mm -hmm. so far. Even though he just has a worldview that allows him to temper it into a place. And like, oh, Gwen, hold on. Yeah, I know I killed the guy, but let me explain why I do it. And guess what? Now that I've told you this grand long story, you're going to have to start killing people, too. Rodrigo, it is pretty complex then with um, with all the characters. Well, and, yeah. And what is, what is good and what is right and what is wrong. Yeah, we don't know uh, exactly what it is because uh, some stuff are are left out of the explanation. You don't know what the proposal is to, to Gwen from the. Right, right. Sure. For the mysterious guy, uh, who I'm sure has a name, but I've entirely forgotten. <laughs> um, one thing that I thought was funny is that the uh, um, the the obvious love interest is like, oh yeah, I, it's called the Foster Corporation. It's like, shouldn't this be a secret? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess it isn't. Yeah, that's that was really weird. Mm, yeah. Now. Another thing that is interesting to take note is that I had mentioned this last week when I was talking about iZombie is that I thought from the comic book, and again, I'd not read the comic book until now, I thought that there were werewolves and vampires and other things in this world where in the TV series, at least after the first episode, we're only led to believe that there's only the zombies. And I kind of like having a world full of monsters. Uh, I like having the were terrier who's her best friend. I like the ghosts mm-hmm. that are real. I like the vampire element all in there because it just makes a feel the world feel more fleshed out. Uh, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. You feel that way, Rodrigo? Uh, or do you feel, not, or does it make that, or does that make you it could, more tropey? I could, I could go either way. I mean, it's, it's obvious that they're setting something up. It's, I, I go back and forth on their whole, like, what makes what kind of thing. Cause it's like, it's like, if it's, if you get, Part A 
plus part B, you're a vampire. We get part right. B plus part C, you're a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, which is interesting, but also it's like, it's actually like weirdly limiting. Um, so it's like, you can only have like 10 combinations of things. Right, right. Well, but um, so I guess that kind of limits them from having to worry about, uh, well, from the first volume, at least worrying about, uh, devils and angels and those kinds of things popping up in the series. Or, uh, in the case of like Buffy, uh, some weird, um, mantis woman who preys on the, uh, the high school kids or something like that. Right. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, an, you could, I could go either way when, I don't know, like personally, when they're like, oh, no, no, he's a wear terrier. I was like, oh, I have to read this for work. But <laughs> I was kind of out right there. I was oh, like, really? no, no, I don't like it. You um, you didn't like just that bit or you didn't like the whole thing? No, I don't like the whole concept of it. I'm like, you know, and it makes sense when they explain it or whatever. But I'm like, oh, that's cute. I hate it. Well, you're specifically talking about the wear terrier, right? Or are yes. you talking about the whole story? Uh, I'm talking about the wear terrier okay. and also like, but, but it's not just like the reveal of it. I, I hate the concept of it mm. and I don't like the concept, the greater concept of it that, you know, it's like, oh, we can just see like random animal people in this. Mm. Okay. All right. Did you enjoy the story as a whole though? The entire book as a whole or not? Uh, there were things about it that I liked. Um, what, what did you like? I like the uh, weirdly Spider-Man-esque way in which her powers are depicted. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good. That was a good aspect. I liked. Um, I liked that, even though it does kind of uh, meander around. I like that there are like multiple sides. Like just in the first volume, you get to see multiple sides of a potential conflict. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's nice. It's not just like, okay, here are, even if it's going to be a Romeo and Juliet story, it's not just like, here's the monsters and here's the hunters and they're going to fight. It's like, there's multiple monsters and multiple, and you know, the hunters are not necessarily, uh, have a united front or whatever. Right, 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 right. Yep, 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 yep. Um, what didn't you like about it? What didn't I like about it? I just like wasn't terribly interested on it, I guess. Um, Again, I didn't like the wear terrier stuff. Um, I wasn't terribly interested in the world, honestly. Mm. Um, you know, uh, there's a reason why it looks a lot like Buffy, and there's a reason why it might look a little bit like Fables and why it looks a lot like other stuff. And it's because we've seen this stuff before, mm-hmm. you know, like... Um, your traditional Universal Studios movie monsters living amongst us is done to death. I mean, it, it's difficult to find a new angle to it. And even though this is like the angle that iZombie takes is to make it very mundane, which isn't by def- which is by definition not an exciting angle. Yeah, I can see that. Zach, what about you? Things I didn't like. What did you like, and what didn't you? Like? Uh, what did I? I liked. Um, you know, I, I really did like the, just the, the myth that the guy presented, even though I don't really like, uh, long living mummy man as a character really. And just the place they put him in. It's interesting because it seems like a uh, divisive place of murderer. And then you try to give him a reason why, 
he has to murder, which is like mm-hmm. you could just not murder and you could yeah, probably yeah. just die. I guess I don't I don't know what really happens if they don't eat. Or they go, right, they, right, they, right. They, they go full zombies. Well, for, happens, right? for Gwen, but he's, but he's not like Gwen. He's something different. Yeah, something different, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that angle is interesting uh, to a point for me, just his his whole character. Uh, I, I did like the, the character. I really liked the moment when uh, they were talking about uh, what's-his-face, her Gwen's friend being a wolf. Uh, a wear terrier in, in the cafe and something like this. Does that mean Frankenstein's real? And the guy's like, well, I think you mean Frankenstein's monster. And yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Well, isn't it kind of just like Kleenex or Xerox or something? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah Generic great kind of stuff. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that just made me like, yeah, people who do things like that online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thing I didn't like. Uh, this one was, I like All Red's art. Mm-hmm. And I liked some different effects he did, especially like blurring where he just took it to like dot. Matrix. Oh, yeah, I yeah, really yeah, like yeah. that effect. Yeah. I didn't like in his art when he like went super sexual the first time she ate a brain. Mm-hmm. It was very disturbing to me. Like the way she was like leaning over the casket to get it. And then she's like, you have an overhead shot of her like taking this bite. And she has like this face of, uh, of enjoyment, ecstasy. yeah, ecstasy and pleasure, but then the words are it's disgusting and gross. And it's right, like the right, worst right. thing. Like, well, that does not match up with this weird mm-hmm. look you're giving your character in this moment, which is very strange. And then he did like a through shot, like of her legs. There was just some interest and just some choices of framing and the way he she, he drew Gwen a few times that just struck me as. It felt off for the book it mm. was presenting, mm-hmm. and it, it, it certainly felt like sexualizing the character when there was no need to actually put her in that situation, especially when the words were not meshing up with what you're doing with the art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so I that can put see me that. off, especially right in the beginning. I was like, it's not all going to be like this, is it? Yeah, yeah, no. It's, yeah, no, it's not. But it was just very strange mm-hmm. to go right off the gate with something like that. For me, I, I mean, I like Mike Allred's art, but I can... Um it's so radically different from stuff that you would traditionally see or a traditional style that I end up only being able to take it in doses. Mm. And, um, so is this too much of a dose at once? No, I think it's just the right amount. And I think I need about a month or two before I would sit down and take another dose like this again. I think that's just me. Mm -hmm. Rodrigo, do you have any thoughts on the art? I mean, I like it. I like, uh, is it all red? Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah, I like I like Alred's art, uh, but it is very specific. It's the sort of thing where like an art change, like there's a few artists where like if you get an art switch, it's like hugely jarring mm-hmm. because their style is like very uh, specific, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that this is all the same the same person because yeah, an art switch would have been disastrous mm-hmm. for me. It would have like completely me uh, pushed me out of the book. Yeah, so it's fine, and it helps to kind of create what this world is for you know the like a mod ghost makes yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks just so much better in yeah, this yeah. Art style you know yeah. mm-hmm. and there were um, certain elements that really did work and could have been really falling on the super disgusting side if it were given to someone else mm-hmm. but even the stuff that's gross is not you know the eating the brains and whatnot is not uh horrific or disgusting but all red stay on this book for th- yeah i mean he's He's, uh, I believe so, and he's created, uh, credited as um, in the credits of the TV show. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
Okay, Matthew, uh, what did you think of uh, what did you think of uh, Allred's uh, art here in this in this series? Oh, I got to tell you, I am a huge Allred fan, and I love this book. I, I think that the thing that's wonderful about Allred is he can take the gross and somehow make it really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And even the or ridiculous, the ludicrous concept of a wear terrier looks kind of neat when Allred is drawing it. And especially, I, I love the interactions between um, Ellie, the ghost. Right. And uh, our main character, whose name escapes me for the moment. Gwen. Gwendolyn. Thank you. All I could think of was Liv, and I know that's her TV incarnation. When they're having their interactions, they have very similar features. Don't get me wrong. I'll read, you know, he does draw people with similar facial expressions. But it's it's definitely two different characters, both of whom are really cool to look at. When we get into those moments, the closest thing I think we get to an action sequence is the the two white coat guys fighty fighting? I like that. I, I I just thought this book looked amazing from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, what uh, we already did the what did you like? What did you didn't like? So let's let's get to you of what what did you like about this book or this series, and what didn't you like about this book? The what I didn't like is probably the same reason why I didn't pick it up when it was coming out in 2010. Is it kind of feels like a slightly closed premise. And it also feels like it's, um, I, this is the thing. I really hate it when a writer takes the advice of, of have one really weird thing happen and takes it too literally. Like in the ultimate universe, every single thing in the Marvel universe that ever happened stems from Cap- Captain America. Mm-hmm. They took that one weird thing. You can only have one strange thing in your story to make it believable. And they took it too far. This does feel like maybe they were a little broad in that our main character is a zombie whose best friend is a ghost, whose other best friend is a werewolf who meets yeah. a guy who's a vampire slayer. Uh, by the way, she uh, runs into a guy who may have been with a vampire. We're not sure. And also there's a mummy. There's a there's pretty much everything but the kitchen sink in it. And while I wouldn't necessarily say that it doesn't work, I feel like there's a lot being thrown at us at the beginning of the book. And there's a lot that you kind of have to digest, which is probably an, an ironic term because she's a zombie and she eats brain. She mm-hmm. like that. So that's probably the, the biggest thing not to like. I really I, I was kind of surprised how much I like this book. I expected to love looking at Allred, but I really kind of like the scripts as well. So so who, who's up for a volume a volume two? Zach, would you read volume two? Yeah, I would totally read volume two. Uh, Matthew? I actually bought all the volumes I could get when I uh, got done reading this one. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, Rodrigo? Yeah, I'm down. Cool. All right, cool. Um, I, none of you guys, I guess, have seen iZombie then the TV series. No, you I haven't T-voted or anything yet. like that? Okay. I um, think I watched like a couple of minutes of it somewhere. It, it really is different. I wish it were... I can understand. Here's the problem. If they had made it more like the comic book, people would say, oh, this is more like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Then, uh, but instead, what people are ending up doing is comparing it to Veronica Mars instead. Mm. So I, I don't know if there's a happy medium between this. I don't know if the uh, adaptation, the the creators behind I think the a medium is the only uh, magic thing missing. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if they're waiting to kind of slowly reveal these things over time uh, or what. But um, the TV show is good. 
I just think that the comic book is better mm-hmm. uh, now that I've read the first volume and I definitely uh, pick up volume two and uh, and read it. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on really quick? No, she's not a so she's not a grave digger in the show, right? No, she's she like works for the yeah, she works for the medical examiner. So she's not even a forensic scientist. She's, she's like, a like a, she she is a um she was a doctor who was doing her residency. She went to a party, zombie break uh, outbreak occurred. She got bit. She realizes she can't be a doctor anymore, so she goes and works for the medical examiner. Mm. Um I guess as she's finishing her residency, so, I, I don't know how uh, that works, but a big point at the end of this book is when Gwen realizes she doesn't know, she doesn't remember how she died anymore. Right. And so did she technically die in the show or did she just do the whole no, zombie? No, she got, she got scratched by a zombie in the TV show, which may explain why she hasn't gone full zombie and why she still has a very slow heartbeat and everything mm. in the TV series. But yeah, she got like this big gash on her arm uh, okay. from the zombie, but you it's not a bite. Full yeah. And that's what she's trying to do. She uh, is uh, trying to not go full zombie. But I mean, if you're someone who is a, a not a fan of soba noodles and uh, pink fleshy bits, uh, you probably shouldn't watch the TV show. <laughs> and the other weird thing that I know they touched on in the in the comic book um, that she really can't taste anything. She doesn't have much of a taste for stuff mm. except for the brains or and it tastes really bad in the TV show. The only thing she can taste is stuff that's super, super, super hot. So it's like she's you know, downing sriracha and, and, you know, hot, it has to have hot spices in everything just so that she has some kind of a, a taste to it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You guys might want to check, check out the show. Um, I think it's up on Netflix or Hulu. Hulu, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so go check it out for free if you're already paying the subscription. But, uh, if you're thinking of plopping down the money for the iTunes subscription, no, I wouldn't do Mm. that. Uh, or just watch it on the CW. Yeah. There you go. All right. Anything else before we go, guys? Nope. Uh, All right, then that wraps up for this installment of the Major Spoilers podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And again, thank you, everyone, for sharing this uh, episode with a friend. We couldn't do it without you. And we especially want to thank our VIPs for everything that they do. Uh, check us out. Some good things coming over there at the members.majorspoilers.com website very soon. You can uh, follow Rodrigo at Fearsome Critter. You can follow Zach at Z Wolf. And you can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra. And of course, you can follow everything at Major Spoilers by following us at Major Spoilers. And until next time, remember we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler 
Stark raving rich like a man of iron. I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine be in the middle east with a king santo and soldier. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. Whoa, 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 whoa. What a major spoiler. This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.